Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Can we rely on what the preachers say from the pulpit? Can we hear the truth in church? What is the meaning of Jesus' own prophecies in Matthew 24? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Well, greetings, friends around the world who are interested in prophecy. This is Albert Hardy. I have a lot to talk about today. Is there the truth to be found in churches today? Are they talking about prophecy, for example? No. Very seldom do you ever find any church talking about prophecy. Why is that? Well, I think they're scared of it. And I think they have disintegrated into just a story about Jesus or Christian living. It's basically Christian living. That's all you hear about today. And that's a shame because about one quarter, a little over a quarter of the Bible is prophecy. And all the prophecies that foretold the coming of Jesus were fulfilled to the T, all 300-some of them. So why should we not believe that the rest of the prophecies that are in the Bible will also come true? Because God is a God of power and of strength, and he keeps his word. Now, um, I'm here to say that you can get it on your own. You don't need to necessarily get it at church. But I think the churches need to buck up and straighten up their act and get back into it again. Those that do tend to talk about prophecy say that the return of Christ is imminent. could happen any minute, any second. Be watching for it. Well, uh, hmm, no. I'm here to say that's not true. It's not imminent. Am I saying he delays his coming? No, no, no. He's right on schedule. And we're not. We don't know his time schedule. And we don't know the time of his return. It is not any minute or imminent. They also tell us that all the prophecies that have uh, that need to be fulfilled before Christ returns have already been fulfilled. No, 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 no. Not even close. Not even close. Where's the temple in Jerusalem? It's supposed to have a temple there. And they set up an abomination of desolation in an arm, a wing of the temple. There's no temple so we got a long way to go yet. But let's go to Matthew 24 and start there. Because I want to explain something to you about politics that you may never have thought of before. Um, let's see. Let's start down here in verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ, and deceive many, lead many astray, that is, just by saying that Jesus is the Christ? Well, yes. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of more wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
Well, we could be in the wars and rumors of wars. After all, we're fighting wars around the earth, around the world, that is, uh, on 42 different fronts. <laughs> There's a lot of war going on. But the end is not yet, Jesus says here in verse 6. Verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in many places. All these are but the beginning of sorrows. Well, let's explain that a little bit. Pestilences, well, that's like a hot atmosphere, global warming maybe. Well, mm, no, probably not. Not we haven't really felt that yet, but I believe that we will. There are famines here and there, and we're going to have a whole lot more than that. And why? Well, Americans and Europeans, and it is spreading around the world. The American way of eating is getting around the world, unfortunately. And we like to eat our meat. And I think that is a shame because meat, let's take a look at beef, for example. And I love beef on occasion, but not every day and certainly not three squares a day like I used to eat. Never again, I'll tell you. But the problem is that it takes about 2,500 gallons of water alone to bring a baby calf from when it is born to a year later or so, you know, uh, or maybe two years, into full size where it is slaughtered so that we can have hamburger. You don't really get a whole lot out of that. But that 2,500 gallons of water and all the feed that it takes to raise that calf those 23 months or so, that food could have been eaten by human beings. The wheat, the corn, the silage and such. There are ways of eating sorghum and other things that cows eat. And that could relieve the hunger problem. The famines are caused by meat eaters who eat meat. Now, a lot of people don't like that. They don't like that idea that that's what they're doing to the planet and to other people, that we hurt them. We take food out of their mouths every time we chow down on a hamburger. But that's reality. And we clear-cut rainforests so that we can grow soybeans to feed our cattle so we can have meat. That's a shame. Because once those rainforests are gone, they're gone for good. They're not coming back. Those are thousands of years old. And it does change the climate of the world. Now, what about earthquakes? We're having a lot of earthquake activity lately. But is that due to global warming or human endeavor? Absolutely not, in my view. It is caused by the sun, solar minimum, solar wind, 
X-rays, gamma rays, delta rays, all kinds of rays. It controls the weather on Earth and also the gravitational forces that move things around, tectonic plates and the like. And that's what causes earthquakes. It's not human activity. Now, we cause the famines and we cause the pestilences. By pestilences, I'm talking about such things as Fukushima and um, several of the other, like Chernobyl and uh, Turkey Creek and such. These are leaking radiation into our atmosphere and into our oceans, and it's killing the Pacific, for example. Killing the Pacific. I saw a YouTube video, and you can go there too and see this, that showed that this doctor in Hawaii is saying that all of her patients that, are, that keep coming in have got cancer, 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 over and over again. Why? And, well, they eat the fish that are still alive around there, and they get cancer because they're bioaccumulating the radiation from Fukushima. A little sardine comes along, and he gets eaten by another fish that's larger than him who gets eaten by a bigger fish, and so on and so forth, right up the food chain until we harvest salmon or tuna or something like that and we eat it but each time it is uh, going down the food chain a notch we're getting more and more radiation and that's what's causing the pestilence of cancer it also causes heart disease it also causes obesity and that's as a result of our own ways eating meat you want to lose weight, just stop eating meat. That's exactly the word-for-word -word quote from my wife's heart doctor who did a five-way bypass on Brenda when she was 48. No, no, it was 46. But two years later, she had a major stroke when she was 48. She was put on a vegan diet for two weeks and she couldn't take it. She couldn't give it up. She just loved meat too much. She loved cream in her coffee. And I'm talking about whipping cream in her coffee. And had that all day long through the day. She was diabetic and didn't know it. And it caused arteriosclerosis, which gave her the stroke. And she's been in the nursing home blind, paralyzed. She can't get out of bed on her own. She has to have a Hoyer lift to get her in and out of bed. Now she's 62. She's been in the nursing home 15 years. Oh, I miss her. I wish that wouldn't have happened. I tried and tried to uh, help her, but all it did was drive her farther and farther away from me. All of that is contained in verse 7. Can you imagine that? And I'm just one person, not everybody, obviously. I hope none of those things happen to you. And I hope you can become a vegetarian who doesn't have to have heart disease or cancer or any of the other chronic diseases. Well, in verse 8 he says, All these 
are but the beginning of sorrows. Wow. Well, that's where we're at today, really. Then they shall deliver you up, you Christians and Jews, to be afflicted, and they shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And I want to especially zone in on the next three verses, or four verses. Verse 10 through 13. And I'm quoting Jesus, Matthew 24, verse 10. Excuse me. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and hate one another. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like what's happening in the political world today? Yes, it does. And many false prophets shall rise, and deceive many. Well, I can tell you who the prophet, um, the false prophet is. It would be Mohammed, or the Hindu gods, little g, or somebody else like that. Um, And shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of life, the love of one another... Yes. But then, get this. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So, what I want to talk about is what happens when the next generation and and Donald Trump is gone... And we have a Democrat in the White House, for example. And not that every Republican is righteous by any stretch of the imagination. So what what happens to society? They are for chaos. They are for anarchy. They're trying to bring this country down, and it's not good at all. Now, let's go to... 2 Timothy chapter 3 and starting in verse verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous is grievous. And this is the extension of where we are today. It's what's head what where we're headed. Not only in America but also in Europe, the trouble that the hammer of the whole earth, which I believe is Islam, is causing, is tearing it apart. And the Muslims are taking over. They're outpopulating the white population or any other ethnic group eight to one. Eventually, that's unsustainable to all those other races, all those other people groups. And they will take over that way. That's my view. But perilous also means anarchical. Anarchy. Chaos. Verse 2. Now this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, 
unthankful. Who do these people thank? Well, the Muslims thank Allah, the Christians thank Jehovah, and so do the Jews. But those that don't believe in God don't have anybody to thank. No wonder they're unthankful. They're unholy. Without natural affection, verse 3, truce breakers, they don't tell the truth. They are not lovers of truth. They are lovers of falsehood, lies, false accusers, slanderers, incontinent, um, I'm sorry, incontinent, which means without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. And they certainly are no lovers of good. They love wickedness and evil and lies and cheating and theft, vandalism and murder. They are traitors, heady, high-minded, arrogant, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. If they have a form of godliness, they deny the power thereof. He says, from such people turn away. And that's what we ought to be doing. Now, I would like to go to Deuteronomy 12. When the Israelites came out of the land, this is what God told them to do. So I'm going to start in um, verse 5. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation, you shall seek, and there you shall come, and there you shall bring your burnt offerings, and your sacrifices, and your tithes, and your heave offerings of your hand, and of your vows, and of your freewill offerings, and the firstlings of your herds and flocks, and such. There you shall eat before the Lord your God, and he shall, you shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto, you and your households with you wherein the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man doing what was right in his own eyes. Now, let's stop right there, and then we'll go back to the first of the chapter, chapter 12, Deuteronomy, and take a look at what they were doing. Verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, gives you to possess it all the days that you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy the places wherein the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods. Upon the high mountains, upon the high hills, under every green tree... And you shall overthrow their altars, and break down their pillars, and burn their groves with fire. And you shall hew down the graven images, totem poles and the like, of their gods, and destroy their names out of their place. You shall not do those kinds of things, and call it worshiping your god. But that's what we do. We find what God doesn't like, and we do that. 
It's unfortunate. We won't listen to someone who gives us the truth. We don't want the truth. We want to hear lies. We want to be told everything's going to be fine. Everything's good. No, everything is simply not good. Period. But there will come a day when those things do change. Jesus will return. He said in verse um, 14 of Matthew 24, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So it's not coming just yet. I don't think Christians are done There's still a job to do. That's why we need young people, younger than me, certainly, to do that work. And how are they going to learn if they don't study the Bible? And are we, as parents, teaching our kids to do that? Are we giving them the value of what's in these words? No, we are not. I didn't do a great job with my kids. Well, you know, what happens, I think, a lot of times is when both the mother and the father are out working and the children are left to be reared by MTV or uh, YouTube or some other kind of media, and they've got four or five things going at the same time, you know, I don't see how anybody can learn that way. It's just too much. And it is frustrating. It really is. Uh, You know, uh, though I tried, my kids moved to Tampa, and I believe that they absorbed the attitude of the people, their age, their peers, and it's not a good thing at all. So they cast off restraint, and that was predicted. Where? Well, let's go to uh, Romans 13, starting in verse 1. Let every person be subject to higher powers, for there is no higher power except but of God. The powers that are ordained are there because of him. Whosoever, therefore, resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves condemnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of that power, and do that which is good? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, you should be afraid. For he bears not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. So for this reason, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath's sake, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause, that's why you pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. So render therefore to all of their dues, 
tribute to whom tribute is due, pay your taxes, in other words. Custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. The law is all about loving your neighbor. So we need to consider that and teach those things to our children. That was Romans 13, 1 through 8. We need to teach those principles so much, because otherwise I'll guarantee you, and I'll, I'll show you why in a few seconds, our society will break down into chaos and anarchy. Now, why do I say that? Well, we're still in Matthew 24, verse 16, but let's go to, um, well, 16 says, Then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to pack, neither let him uh, which is in the field return back to take his clothes, and woe are to those that are with child and give suck in those days. But pray that your escape shall not be in the winter, nor on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, great chaos, great anarchy, worldwide. That's coming. Such as was not since the beginning of time to the or, uh, of the world to this time, no, nor ever in the future. And except those days should be cut short, there would no flesh be saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Wow. So it's going to be worse than it's ever been, even before Noah's flood. Wow. I think we'll stop right there. But the reason that things are going to get that way is because men are casting off restraint. They're not restraining themselves. They're not teaching restraint and self-control to their children. Well... I think largely it's because with both parents away from the household and the kids there by themselves or allowing them too much freedom, things fall apart. They don't get this. They don't sit down and read the Bible anymore. That's a joke. I mean, people would, if I were to say that to the average person, that you need to read your Bible and teach it to your kids, they would laugh at me. What's the Bible? And that's the state of affairs we have in the world today. But it will get better when Jesus, who happens to really truly exist and be alive, in fact, he owns the planet and the universe. And he's got enormous amounts of power. Just look up at the sky sometime if you can get away from the city lights and consider the facts of life. These planets are out there for a reason. They're out there to be inhabited. Whoa, 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 wait, where'd you get that idea? 
Well, let's see. Isaiah 40:22 for one. Isaiah 51:16 for another. Isaiah uh, 45 verse 18, for example. Look those three up and read them. What have you got to lose? He said, I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I might plant the heavens. And that word plant means colonize. We don't get that, and we certainly don't hear it in church. But we should. The Bible talks about those things. We must go in and dig that gold out and be preaching it among the housetops. That's the job and role of a Christian. Well, until next time, you can go to my website and read all about it from my eight books. They're free. There's PDFs there. I have nothing on the website for sale. And uh, you can read them. You can print them. You can do what you want with them. They're gigantic Bible studies. You can learn about evolution, heaven and hell, which, by the way, my book is called Why Lie About Hell? Have we been lied to? You bet. But you can go there. It's jesusiswhy.com or itellwhy.com. Either one of those two urls will get you there. itellwhy.com is the easiest one to remember. And you can print the books, you can watch the videos, you can listen to me read one of my books. I've got all 30 episodes recorded. shows you how big the book is. It's about the life of Jesus. So, with very little um, editorializing, it's straight from Scripture. It's kind of a synopsis of all four Gospels. Till next time, then, this is Albert Hardy saying, keep looking up, be hopeful, because things will get better. But read the Word of God. It's your only hope. <laughs>